1: For our week seven edition of the Blitzed podcast, yes, week seven. S E V E N seven. Do you know what that means, Harley? What does that mean?
0: Week seven means that we are halfway through the fantasy regular season.
1: My god, where does the
0: time go? Seriously, I mean, I know where it goes. It seems, it seems like the season just started,
1: I know where it goes. It goes on IR for three weeks. Well,
0: if if you're part of the Philadelphia Eagles or San Francisco 49ers, it definitely does.
1: (laughs) Or on my fantasy team, any of them.
0: (laughs) It's it's crazy how many. I mean, we always talk about this. Every year people say, well, it seems like everyone is injured this year. This year
1: everyone is injured.
0: and, And, I mean, again, you put the numbers together at the end of the year and you find out that's basically the same as the previous year. But every year, it seems like, at right about this point in the season, it seems like everyone who could possibly be hurt is hurt. And and I think this year, it's just the number of high-end running backs in particular. We're looking at, at most leagues this year. Uh, we're drafting eight or nine running backs in the first round of yep. non-superflex formats. And realistically, we, we've had probably 13 or 14 starting running backs uh, from the start of the season that are currently out for an, an extended period of time.
1: It's crazy, and I think I've drafted almost all of them. And as you know, I've drafted two of the biggest ones on one team um, in CMC and um, Saquon. I shouldn't say drafted. It was an auction. But you know what I mean.
0: Well, and, and not just that, but also, I mean— when you look at it from a dynasty standpoint, coming into the season, again, whether it be super flex or not, probably players one and two taken in a lot of rookie league drafts were Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards' lair. And realistically, those two rookie running backs who are supposed to step in and be instant impact players, now, yes, they have had some impact. Neither one has really outperformed some of the other rookie running backs that just kind of appeared out of nowhere.
1: So I'll tell you what, that's going to lead me into our segue as to what our, we're going to cover this week. Um, and that is, of course, we're going to do our DFS stuff like always, right? We'll give everybody our, our picks for pay payups, stay away and value plays at quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end. But what we're also going to talk about is knowing if you're going to be a buyer, a seller or a spoiler, That way, we're going to cover both Redraft and Dynasty Leagues. Um, So that is something that we're going to get into. And what I'll tell you is, on the other side, after I throw this over to Harley for this week's Blitz Podcast News, we're going to talk about a trade I made a few weeks ago in anticipation of being a spoiler. So take it away, Mr. Harley Schultz, with this week's BPN News.
0: Thank you, Steve. The Eagles' injury woes continue as starting running back Miles Sanders is likely to miss at least Thursday's game with a knee injury. In addition, Zach Ertz will miss the next four weeks with the dreaded high ankle sprain. BPN News polled 100 of Ertz's fantasy owners to get their reaction, and we found out that they all thought Ertz suffered the injury a month ago based on his production. (laughs) Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski reported today that Baker Mayfield came out of week six sore, but nowhere near as sore as he was after the previous game. You know, that's funny, Kevin. I thought Mayfield came out of week six because he was getting his lunch handed to him by the Steelers defense. (laughs) John Smith left Sunday's contest early with an ankle sprain. Immediately afterwards, Ryan Tannehill started peppering something called Anthony Ferkser with passes. Ferkser finished the day with a line of eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Great. If COVID and bye weeks didn't have our rosters thin enough already, now we have to start handcuffing our tight ends, too. (laughs) Following his first professional appearance Sunday, Tua Tagovailoa, returned to the field after the game and sat down to soak in the experience. This was a great moment of zen for the rookie because once he does finally become the starter, he will no doubt be spending a lot of time on his butt behind that offensive line. <laughs> and finally, Adrian Peterson watched idly by in the second half of Detroit's game against Jacksonville as he was swiftly replaced as the Lions featured back. At this point, the only question on the mind of Detroit fans is who is cut first, Peterson or Matt Patricia? (laughs) This has been your BPN News Update.
1: I know who a lot of fans would like to see cut first.
0: (laughs) Well, and let's put it this way. We both are rocking the beard, but I can't stand behind the beard with Patricia because he's just been awful there.
1: I, I can't disagree very much with that comment. So I teased it um, as we led into the news. And let me see how far back ago I did this deal. Um, September 24th. Thursday, September 24th. So what were we, week three by
0: that point? So part? basically four and a half years ago.
1: Yeah, that's what it seems like, doesn't it? My God. Um, <laughs> yeah, but what week would that be? Um, let's take a look. Week so,
0: three or four, probably. Yeah, uh, Week three because it started a week late this year.
1: Yeah, okay. Right, one, two, yeah, week three. So week three, so we had two weeks in the books, basically. We we're just starting week three. And Saquon Barkley had gone down, right, for with an injury. Yes. And a contender is the owner of Saquon Barkley. And I wasn't, I'm not a contender for the title, but I had a shot at possibly making the playoffs if everything broke well. It's a full, you know, full IDP league, so you can always offset some, you know, thinness that you might have at wide receiver or tight end or running back and stuff like that. Anyway, I look at it and it just it looks like I'm just not gonna be that competitive this year. But I'm gonna try everything I can to see if I can't scrap together something. Well, I get an offer from the Saquon owner looking to nab a running back that I had on my um, My DTS, my developmental taxi squad. That running back happened to be Clyde Edwards Allaire, who I had no desire to to trade. Um, I had him sitting there because I had some startable backs and figured if I reeled off a few wins and looked like I could make a run then I'll, I'll activate him rather than waste a year if I don't have to. But I hadn't had that point yet. So, I now quickly had to make a decision. Do I deal a running back that I think has pretty good upside and could help me possibly make the playoffs, but can I do any real damage for Saquon Barkley, who we know is a stud when he comes back from his injury next year.
0: That is a really tough call. And now you mentioned uh, eligibility. So I assume that in this particular league, you've got contracts on the players.
1: Yes, they do.
0: So I think that would probably come into play is what type of contract Barkley would be under if you acquired him.
1: And I believe that he would have been under, and I could pull it up. I want to say I think he had four or five years left as a contract goes, but I'll tell you that in just a moment if you can let me get to it. Oh, let's see. Wasn't prepared to talk about this, but we will. Um, And it was not just a player-for-player trade for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, I would think not.
1: Um, actually, Barkley has six years, so that means I'll have a five years left of him when he comes back. So he's also 26, so that means I get him into his year 30, 31, which at that point he's probably not going to be worth much, so I'm hoping to cash in over the next two to three years with him, right?
0: Exactly, but you could make the argument, based on the preseason hype at least, that Edward Zelaire's value in the next three or four years would be – Close to, if not on par with his.
1: Until a team trades for?
0: Lady Bell.
1: Yeah. So, it, listen, it was not one for one. People may not even agree with what I did to do the deal. I wasn't, like, floored by it. Um, but it wound up being Saquon Barkley. I got Wayne Gauman thrown in just because. Um, picked up Derek Barnett to give me a defensive end piece since I've been hammered by injuries at defensive end. Um, Got a throw-in safety, and then a second-round draft pick and a third-round draft pick, both from a team that should have higher um, picks in the draft. And I gave up Hilaire, um, Darwin Thompson, Anthony Harris, and a third- and fourth-round draft pick. So I kind of basically looked for a bump on each of my draft picks. I probably could Mm -hmm. have gotten more. um, But, hey, I I decided that, one – he was going to sit on my bench, and as much as I like him, you still don't know what you have with him after two weeks, right?
0: Um, exactly. We saw we saw a big game from him in week one, and we saw more of a quiet game from him in week two. And again, like I said, certainly we didn't expect KC to go out and acquire a potential every down back in in a guy like Bell right. midway through the season. But we did see in the first two weeks was that they attempted to run a layer at the goal line, at least in week one. Yep. And it was a extreme failure, a horrid failure. And so he's basically since that point been kind of shooed out of the lineup when they get down inside the green zone there. You've seen a lot of Darrell Williams. Uh, I even saw a little Darwin Thompson in the afternoon game today.
1: Yep. So the point is at week two, it's hard to understand where you truly are, Right. Exactly, But but we're halfway through the season now. You really should have a good idea of whether you're a buyer, a seller, or if you want to play spoiler.
0: Well, and here's the crazy thing. So normally I would agree 100% with that statement, but I just feel like this year, both in the NFL, in, in real football, and also in fantasy football, I just, I smell and see all around me lots and lots of parody And I'm guessing some of that, if not most of that, is being caused by all the injuries, all the intertwined bye weeks and the COVID issues and everything where, I mean, well, it's much like the NFC East where a team is going to win the NFC East with six wins.
1: Yeah, that's very possible. Um, So I also would go this far, go this route. With the way everything's happening with COVID The fact that you have the three-week IR that they can use that's different. In years past, I think we would have come up with a list of players and said, be a buyer of these players if you're looking to buy, right? Yeah. And if you're a seller, look to sell these players. And if you're a spoiler, you know, don't be dead money, right?
0: Well, don't be dead money. But more importantly, don't be the guy who basically let your team go to pot throughout the season, particularly in redraft, because what you're doing then is you're potentially giving an advantage to the teams that face you down the stretch. And what that does is it hurts the teams that may have faced you already right. by, by you're not being, you're not attempting to be competitive. Now I'm not saying you have to go out and sign a bunch of complete wasted roster space. And I do behoove you again, if you're in a dynasty format to always be looking to improve your team, but even in a redraft format, don't ignore your team just because your team is out of it. You're affecting other teams results. And that means you're affecting whether or not other teams are going to be making money down the stretch.
1: Yep. That is very true. So, but like, in a dynasty league, you can only have so roster spots. So there's a chance, and when you're on a when you're in a sixteen team dynasty league, waiver wire's thin, right?
0: Very much so. Just very, thin. very much so.
1: So like at at linebacker, I can start three to four linebackers if I want. Well, Quan Alexander is out, Chandler Jones went on IR, Matt Milano is out. Um, picked up Alec Ogletree earlier in the year so I'd have a body when somebody else was hurt. Well, guess what? He's a free agent now. That left me with Vince Williams, Zadarius Smith, and Harvey Langey Lange, that I could start. So it's like these injuries can really limit what you can do possibly, especially in dynasty leagues where you've got thinner rosters and stuff like that. But I guess what I want to say is since I really don't think that there's many players that we could talk about being a buyer or seller on because at this point, you know what? You The makeup of your team could easily make player A a buy for you and player A a sell for somebody else. So I guess what I'm going to say is just really the hardest thing you can do is reflect, self-reflect on something, right? So you have to look at your team and be honest with yourself. Do you really think you can make a push? And if you are, buy Do what you have to. Don't you don't have to even win the trade if you think you make your team better. I don't care if you overpay for that wide receiver that you think you need in your wide receiver three spot. If you had a little bit of depth at tight end and running back, and you overpay to get him,
0: I I absolutely totally agree with you. And I'll actually bring up a trade that I'm pondering currently right now, and get your responses, your your feelings on this offer. Uh, I've been in communication with an owner pretty much all season long who is weak at running back. And he has been trying to acquire J.K. Dobbins for me. It's a dynasty format. I picked him up at pick 105 this year in a super flex draft with the intention on having him basically ride the pine for me this year and then become my running back three. Now, in in this team, my team going into the season was flush at the running back position. I had both Delvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey on the top of that roster. Obviously, now Christian is hurt. Delvin missed last week. He obviously is on bye this week. And to top things off now, Dobbins is by as also this week. So I'm in a spot where my only active running back for this coming week is Adrian Peterson, who just lost his starting job to Swift. So I need to find another running back A that I can start this week. Uh, he came to me. Uh, again, like he's been looking for Dobbins all season for me. We've talked back and forth about a couple different options. And recently, the one that's come into play is Chase Claypool, who's kind of broken onto the scene. Um, Claypool, uh, the offer that currently stands is Claypool, along with Jarek McKinnon, who will likely be the starter for the 49ers for the next couple of weeks at least, while Raheem Mostert recovers from his high ankle sprain. So... My my question, Mark, is do I give up that 105 draft capital that I hadn't intended on using this year to salvage a team that definitely should be playoff-worthy this year once Delvin and Christian come back? Or do I just sacrifice Week 7, knowing that in Week 8 I'll get back Delvin and quite possibly McCaffrey? So... I know it's a long-winded question, but how
1: many how many running backs do you start
0: on a weekly basis? Uh, minimum of two, maximum of four.
1: Okay, how many wide receiver minimum and maximum?
0: Two minimum, up to four. Also there.
1: Okay, and how does your wide receivers look right now? Like who? Where would Claypool, you know, slot in for you?
0: Uh, Claypool would either be my wide receiver two or wide receiver three, depending on how he continues. Currently, my wide receiver one is Tyree Kill. Okay. My wide receiver 2 currently is Jamison Crowder who has been a point per reception machine this year. Yep. After that, I've been basically piecemealing my backups to them using Emmanuel Sanders, Anthony Miller, and and others off the off the waiver wire to kind of to fill in as needed, but again, I've only need to start two receivers, and that's that's where my delay has been in accepting this offer now. I do agree everything I've seen of Chase Claypool makes it look like this guy could be the next D.K. Metcalf. I I kind of see that resemblance in in his play style through the first couple weeks here. Okay, But— Go ahead. Sorry. I mean, again, when I think about—the more and more I think about Chase Claypool wasn't even drafted at our rookie draft. He was picked up as a rookie—basically as a free agent a couple of weeks ago. And I invested pick 105 in J.K. Dobbins.
1: So here's the first thing you have to do. You have to take that out of your head, right? And I think that a lot of people do that. They want to attach what the draft capital was, right? Yes. Unlike the NFL and most fantasy leagues, draft capital doesn't cost you, right? Now, I I used to be in a league that actually draft capital did because they got assigned a salary based on where they were drafted. And if you cut them or traded them, you'd have dead cap space. So that's a different story. But most leagues don't run like that. So here's how I look at it. Cook's going to be back expected this coming week, right?
0: Well, this week he's on bye, but yes, he'll be back in week right. eight.
1: Next, That's what I mean, week eight. CMC is expected to be back then also. Yes. Okay. Um, Deontay Johnson was out again, correct?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Um, then you've got Dobbins, who is not performing to the level <clears throat> Claypool is right now.
0: No, but by all accounts, he should be.
1: Correct, but here's the difference. Um, In my mind, anyway, and this is how I look at it. I look at Dobbins as he is, if not this year, of course, next year he's running back 1A in Baltimore. Yes. Because there is draft capital associated to him for Baltimore. So that means he to me, I can say that if I have your squad, I look at Dalvin Cook as my running back 1. I look at Dobbins as my running back 2. I look at Christian McCaffrey as my running back three and wide receiver two (laughs) and Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver. One Crowder now is your wide receiver three. Here's my problem. Claypool, while he could possibly be the next DK Metcalf, how many more seasons does he have of Ben Roethlisberger? I would argue that this could be it. We may not see big Ben next year. Um, and if you had to take DK Metcalf and clone him and put him on the Steelers or on the Seahawks, which team do you draft him in the first round on and which one do you draft him in the third or fourth round on? Exactly. Right? So that, that plays into it for me. Um, I used this example a few years ago with, I think it was T.Y. Hilton, maybe, mm-hmm. um, when he slid down to like late first and rookie drafts or something like that. And I was like, that's really basically a rich getting richer because if you're drafting later in the first round, it's usually the better teams. And what I am what I mean by that is he's going to have, at what we presumed at that time, we now know nothing to give him, Andrew Luck for how many years now? So when I look at wide receivers, I have to look at the quarterback or the team situation. Running backs too, but especially that. So I then add in, okay, so I got concerns about Ben right? Yes. And I'm sorry, but I have concerns about what happens when Deontay Johnson is back and healthy. What does that do to Claypool's role?
0: And exactly.
1: So the answer is no, I don't do the deal. I suck it up and, and I get through it.
0: Ultimately, that's kind of where I'm at right now too. And and my, my, the only thing kind of holding me back from just declining the deal altogether is I've been thinking to myself, well, okay, so we get to next season and let's say that Baltimore, has moved on from Ingram, which is a definite. And let's say that they've also decided to move on from Gus Edwards, which is not a definite, but certainly a possibility. So those two are gone, and Dobbins is now running back one there. How much still is his value affected there by the presence of Lamar Jackson?
1: Um, I guess the question is, how much is Mark Ingram's value there affected by Lamar Jackson?
0: Yeah, I think I'm just kind of in that weird spot where I would even—I <clears throat> don't think I would even be considering this if I wasn't in bye week purgatory right now.
1: And I'll be honest with you, I'm also the mindset that if I could take a loss in in one week due to buys and and not have to worry about as much going forward, I'll do that. Honestly, especially in a year like this.
0: Yeah, I think that that's probably the way I'm leaning right now, and I think that's a good point for teams that actually do see themselves. As competitive this season. Yeah. That if you're competitive this season and you think you've got a team that's built to go far in the playoffs, taking a loss in week seven or week eight is not going to hurt you come playoff time.
1: So, the other thing I was going to add, and I'm going to use a baseball analogy um, when you have a chance to win a championship, you truly need to go all in. Do not ever assume that window stays open, right? Yes. You just, you can't, you just don't know. So the, a few years ago, and I'm not a Washington Nationals fan by any stretch of the imagination. I'm born bred Philadelphia area, you know, so I'm a Phillies fan for life. And the Nationals had a pretty good season from what I can recall. Steven Strasberg had come back from injury and going into the playoffs I don't remember if they said they were shutting him down. I think they shut him down.
0: It was, yes, they did.
1: They shut him down because they were worried about their future.
0: His innings, yep, his, his number of innings pitched, and and I, I remember that season very well. And,
1: and I get that. Tr- trust me, I get that. But when you when it's all said and done, and they didn't win it then, okay. Granted, hindsight, they won it this past year, but they didn't win it then. And then it looked like they weren't going to get there again, possibly. You don't shut that guy down because you're being careful if the doctors have said he's okay to go. If the doctors said that you could do major damage or this, that, and the other, you really shouldn't use him, whole other story. But if it's just because you said we're not going to pitch him past X number of innings, it doesn't matter how he feels, it doesn't matter what the doctors say, we, we believe we've got a good shot to go and go back. And No, you don't. You want to look at how quick a window closes. Look at the 49ers a few years ago.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, look at them last year. They, they yeah. made it all the way only to now see themselves in a situation where they're... Well, going into last night, they were in last in their division. I think they're no longer in last, but it, it can change on a dime.
1: Yeah, so the point is, look, we're all competitive. If you've got a chance to win a championship, sometimes you may sacrifice the future, i.e. Dobbins, for the present, if you really think that Claypool puts you over the top this year,
0: yeah, I, I can definitely see that argument, but I still think that uh, considering where I'm at, again, I feel like I'm overreacting a little bit yep. because of the bye week situation. And, and I think a big thing to think about too is remember your league format and rules because I only need to start two wide receivers. If this was a league where I was required to start three wide receivers, Yes. That would definitely definitely change my perspective on this trade. Yep. But because I only need to start two and I know I've got two highly competent ones and, and suitable bi week replacement backups behind them. I, again if I lose Tyree Kill or Jamison Crowder for the season, that will probably do me in. More so than me trying to make it through one week without my top running backs.
1: Exactly. So, but, you know, this lends to what we were talking about when I started is you just, you have to know if you're a buyer, a seller, or a spoiler. And it's not always easy Would to do. Would you
0: say you have to know when to fold them? Yes. You know need when to, to hold them? <laughs> you know,
1: you need to know when to fold them. yes.
0: <laughs> so. Know when to walk away. <laughs> know when to drop the mic.
1: <sighs> you know, I'm going to be honest. I got a little frustrated during the Eagles game this weekend. And I looked out and I went, my grass really needs to be cut. I'm going out cutting the grass. <laughs> and then when I came back in, it was like, wait a minute, they lost 30 to 28? How? How?
0: Well, and think about what would have what happened in the game if those two sure thing touchdowns weren't dropped.
1: Oh, or that the extra point was kicked instead of going for two earlier in the game. Um, yeah. Yes. Carson Wentz couldn't have ran down and handed the ball to Hightower any better early in the game. <laughs> and then on the Sanders thing, eh, not, not an easy catch, but I mean, come on, if you're a professional athlete, athlete, and you get your hand on the balls like that. You got to catch it. So the people calling for Wentz's head in Philadelphia, it's, it's a little bit much, honestly.
0: Well, and I, I forwarded to you something that I believe it was field Yates had posted yeah, on Twitter. I
1: saw it. I saw
0: and- it. I was looking at this list here. You've got an entire starting offense there.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: That's, that's all on various levels of injured reserve or out currently with it for short term. Uh, you, you could you – know, basically an entire offensive line. You've got four receivers. You've got two top – your two top tight ends.
1: Yeah, you didn't have to worry about Ertz because you had Goddard in the background if something happened to Ertz, right? Um, I love yep. picking up Goddard late in drafts, and that way if something happens to Ertz. You can ride him, and he's a league winner. Oh, but Goddard got hurt first. And now Ertz is hurt also. It's like all of a sudden Richard Rodgers.
0: Well, I was going to say, so who is the tight end to pick up there this week? Is it Rodgers or is it Hakeem Butler?
1: Uh, man, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's Remember when
0: Hakeem Butler was going to be a thing at wide receiver? <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, I don't want to talk about it.
0: (laughs) Hey, at least we can applaud JJ Arthiga Whiteside scoring a touchdown.
1: (laughs) He scored eight points, I think, without having a reception or a carry. Exactly. Or a carry. (laughs) Fumble recovery touchdown. It it was amazing, honestly. It really was. I'd have said, I'll give you. Might be his only
0: points of the season.
1: If I'd have said, I've got a million dollars I will give you if you could tell me how J.J. or Thiga Whiteside just scored a touchdown. You would not have guessed that. <laughs> and they credited it as an 81-yard touchdown at first, actually. I don't know if you saw that.
0: Well, and realistically, the rules state that you give the yardage to the player who fumbled at first. Yep. And then the difference is credited actually as fumble, offensive fumble or recovery yardage.
1: Yeah, something like
0: that. So, if, yeah, he, he doesn't even get credit for those extra yards.
1: Yeah, it's something. You know what else is something? DFS
0: is Winning something. Winning money. Yes. Winning money is something.
1: So, we aren't going to get on a soapbox and talk about scoring this year. I will say this real quick before we get into our DFS segment. Never have I played in a league hosted by fan tracks before. The fl-
0: Just going to run this
1: um, some the league hierarchy not being happy with how MFL runs a auction league. Um, I will tell you this, I did not like their software platform from the start, and as of right now, their live scoring is still down so i'm sorry, give me my fantasy league MFL any day of the year um, as my go to number one league management site there you go that's um, our segment it was brought been brought to you by MFL. Leader in the fantasy industry for league management sites. There you go. That's our that's our non paid advertisement. Anyway, let's get right into our DFS segment. Set the over and under, Mister Schultz.
0: I like our chances to go high on the count this week, so I'll put the line at six.
1: I fell for that last week, and I took the under last. I mean the over last week. So you know, there's no way that I would take the over again this week, which is exactly what I'm doing. Give me the over.
0: I think this is a week that we can get a lot of matches. Value plays are going to be a little tougher, I think, on the matches. But I, yeah, I think okay. as far as the pay to plays and stay aways, I think we're going to hit on a bunch. Two,
1: three, four, five, six of the positions I had written multiple people down and crossed them out. So that, that does not bode well for me.
0: Well, let's start off right away at quarterback then. Uh, I'm going to pay up for... The number two priced quarterback on the list who played this afternoon, and that's Josh Allen at the New York Jets. Over the last two weeks, the Jets have allowed Kyler Murray to throw for 380 yards and one touchdown plus score on the ground. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for three scores against them this week. Josh Allen going into today's game had scored three or more touchdowns in four or five games. He only had a couple of touchdowns today but that now gives him multiple touchdowns in all but one game. So I like his chances against the Jets. The only way I think he underperforms is if they just realize they don't even have to throw the ball and just let Singletary and Moss do all the damage.
1: Yes, yes, and yes, and yes, we have our first match. I will say you mentioned the quarterback that I almost paid up for over him, but he's a little bit cheaper, Kyler Murray. I gave Kyler Murray some serious thought playing against that Seattle um, defense, as I'm using air quotes.
0: I actually really consider Kyler Murray. And when you look at the top of the DraftKings buy board for this week, there there are several quarterbacks that I would consider to be decent buys up on top. Aaron Rodgers on the road in Houston. Deshaun Watson against Aaron Rodgers in that same game. Uh, Mahomes against a Denver secondary that looked better last week. I'm sorry, not last week, but this current week but as otherwise had a lot of injuries in their secondary going into that week. So uh, Matt Ryan at home versus Detroit, certainly a possibility. And and even though we don't like starting him on the road, uh, Ben Roethlisberger faces a beatable Tennessee secondary. Again, so many good prices up at the top there, all in play, with the exception of one.
1: Yeah, I I was going to say, I think you just gave away that we have a match here.
0: Yes, the person that I'm not going to pay for is Russell Wilson- At Arizona. Now, here's some interesting stats on this here. Arizona has allowed only eight passing touchdowns all season going into tonight's game. And only 222 passing yards per game. Plus, Russell Wilson has struggled horribly over his career against the Cardinals. In 16 career matchups, Wilson has scored multiple TDs only six times. This includes averaging 183 passing yards and 0.75 passing touchdowns per game over the last two years. So recency, even in play, he's averaged less than one touchdown per game against Arizona the last two years.
1: So we did match, by the way. Um, I That's why it was odd, and I think that's probably what talked me out of Kyler Murray as my pay-up, honestly. Was I was going to have the pay up from, one, from the same game as my stay away. Um, but like you pointed out, all those great buys at quarterback lend itself to, you know what, even if Russ goes for 325 and two and adds 30, 40 yards with his legs, that versus the risk of a really poor game with all those other great matchups at a better price makes him, yeah. makes him the easy stay away.
0: I mean, heck, I'd be fine with paying up for Matthew Stafford was the ninth highest-priced player on DraftKings at uh, (laughs) 6,500.
1: Yeah. And and unlike you, I actually wrote Aaron Rodgers down for a moment and crossed him out. Um, That's if you wanted to steer clear of Russ and you didn't trust that stay-away. But Russ is the stay-away in my mind. It really is. (laughs)
0: Okay, so we're two for two.
1: Let's see if we go three for three. I need it. I don't know that we're going to be three for three. I have three quarterbacks here, and I crossed the first one out, and then I crossed the second one out, and I circled the third one. And I think you're going to go with my first pick because it's not like you.
0: Well, I also had two quarterbacks picked out here as possible value plays. The one that I didn't choose is Kyle Allen versus Dallas. I wanted to. I really seriously considered it. And from a daily fantasy standpoint, I am going to have some exposure to Kyle Allen. (coughs) Was he your player?
1: No, you're a brave man. Braver than I.
0: (laughs) The player I chose was Gardner Minshew at the Chargers.
1: And we're three for three.
0: Holy cow. The Chargers have allowed a league-high eight quarterback touchdowns and a league-second-high 694 passing yards over the last two weeks. Meanwhile, oh, Gardner Minshew, he has learned how to maximize garbage time. Uh, he must have been taking lessons watching Blake Bortles down there, film.
1: I guess. So I'm going to go in reverse order. Minshew is who I landed on. Prior to him, I was giving Joe Burrow some consideration against a very um, porous Browns team that I think is going to bounce back and Joe's going to have to throw for a lot of garbage points in that game. But then no, I like Minshew better. But the guy that got me... Toon Burrow was who I thought you might have snuck in there because you just you don't like him, but he's got a great matchup. But again, I took him off my list, but that's Teddy Bridgewater this week.
0: Yeah, you know, you look at that New Orleans uh, defense and you think they're good. Uh, they've been underperforming all season, so I can well, totally get that. And I,
1: I think there's going to be serious garbage time here for Carolina in this game.
0: I, I actually... I'm interested in your take on Burrow. How many times is he going to be sacked in this game?
1: Um, Well, I don't care how many times they sack him as long as he throws the ball 50 times. How's that? (laughs) Okay. I think he goes back up above three bills. and He goes above three bills, two to three touchdowns, and we see a 100-yard game out of a certain specific receiver this week.
0: Well, I I was going to say I I could see a certain T getting over 100 yards.
1: Nah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> no,
0: I, 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 think that my biggest concern with Burrow was that I thought he would probably be sacked about nine or ten times and start seeing ghosts in that game.
1: <laughs> it's possible. It is, and that's you know I moved off of him. Um,
0: but it is At that possible. price though. It's it's still a good, a really good price. Fifty five hundred on draftings. That's that's basically one uh, one and a half. No, my math is horrible here. That is sixty uh, percent of Russell Wilson. Yeah,
1: that's not bad. You're plus. Let's roll even... into
0: running backs since uh, we're already halfway to the To the
1: yeah, we're going to match. Ma- we're going to match on the next two. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead and say who they are.
0: Uh, I'm paying up for Alvin Kamara versus Carolina. Ding ding. 90, 97 total yards last week. David Montgomery was just the second lead back to not top hundred total yards against Carolina. On the year, they're giving up nearly 160 combo yards per game to opposing backs, and they're tied for the league lead with nine total running back touchdowns. Meanwhile, Kamara has scored and are topped at 125 yards in every game this season. I don't see that changing against one of the worst running, uh, running back covered defenses in the league over the last two years.
1: No, and you want to know what? I actually almost thought about putting Kamara as my value play. At seventy nine hundred dollars on DraftKings, that's a steal for for the most part. Like, make him Christian McCaffrey prior to the injury, and he's ten thousand plus. Yes. So yes.
0: And I will say this: I am a little concerned that some of his receptions might be down with the return of Michael Thomas. But it, I still don't care. This is Carolina. It is, and you know
1: what? You know, I'm always a little bit more um, cautious with returning wide receivers with, you know, leg injuries or ankle injuries. So I'm not that worried about Michael Thomas this week, honestly.
0: Okay. Let's see if we match on the stay away also.
1: Yeah. I am I hope we do. And I think we should, but it was a hard guy to write in as a stay away.
0: Well, it was hard for me to write him in after watching him truck someone last uh, week. <laughs> we got five, we
1: got five in a row then.
0: Wow. Uh, Derek Henry versus Pittsburgh. Yes. Henry is an absolute beast. You, you just accept that. But so is the Pittsburgh run defense. Only one team has allowed fewer than the 66 yards per game that Pittsburgh has given up on the ground. And only one team has allowed fewer rushing touchdowns than the Steelers. Yeah, uh, Henry might get 100 total yards in this game. He might score a touchdown. You're not paying 9000 on FanDuel for maybe getting 100 yards and maybe getting a touchdown. No. Um, so... In all fairness and truth. Considering his price is $400 off of Kamara on DraftKings.
1: Full transparency, the first name I wrote down as my stay away was DH for Derrick Henry. I crossed it out, and then the next name I put down was Derrick Henry. (laughs) I couldn't get off of it. I I just couldn't. And I do think that it's a smart play because I still think some people will try and chase some points thinking that he could break the Steelers. And he very well could, but it's definitely not worth it.
0: Well, and what's really crazy is, so I mentioned Kamara is only $400 more expensive than him on DraftKings. If you want to think about, well, maybe you want to pivot away from Kamara. Well, for $300 less than Henry, you can have Aaron Jones against that Houston run defense.
1: Yep. All right, so here's where we're going to stop our streak because I have two guys crossed my first one out and went a little bit risky on the second one. Um, I'm just going to say it, and then you can say if you matched it or not but I'm stacking my running backs. My value plays Latavius Murray.
0: I have no problem with that. Uh, he is not who I chose, but I definitely have no problem with that. Uh, I'm going with Justin Jackson versus Jacksonville.
1: Wow. Do you know how close we were? I wrote Josh Kelly down.
0: <clears throat> Interesting. Well, Jacksonville just allowed Adrian Peterson, carry on Johnson and Deandre Swift to combine for 201 yards and three total scores. This was the third time this season that Jacksonville has allowed more than 200 total yards to their opponents, running backs Jackson outtouched Josh Kelly nearly two to one in week five. Now I think that split's going to probably start to meld a little closer, but you know what? If they're splitting 200 yards and three touchdowns between the two of them, I'll take either one.
1: Yes. Uh, that's really funny that that's where you landed. Cause that's how close we were. Um, Look, I understand Latavius Murray's a little bit riskier, but I honestly think that this is going to be a big blow-up game for the Saints offensively and that they are going to just pound the rock and Murray will score one, maybe two touchdowns late in the second half. Very nice. And we now didn't
0: we, match there, but we, we're, we're at five right now, so I don't see how we're not going to reach the over, but
1: oh, no, we're going things to, happen. We're going to tie it right now because there's no way that we don't have a match here.
0: Well, so up top at the very, very tip top of the DraftKings and FanDuel price list for wide receivers this coming week yep. is a guy we're watching on Monday Night Football right now, and that's DeAndre Hopkins at home versus Seattle.
1: Yep, and
0: yep. Despite just having had their bye, Seattle still has allowed more total wide receiver yards than any other team, opposing, including teams that have played one more game than them. Opposing wide receiver ones in particular are eating. They're averaging nine catches and 117 yards per game against them with four touchdowns in five games. Meanwhile, Hopkins has scored and or topped 130 yards in four of the five games coming into tonight. So uh, I would put a floor for Hopkins at 125 and one. And I mean, this is one of those games that might be a Hopkins 175 type performance.
1: Um, yeah, it's, I don't, he's, look, we match. Uh, I was trying to look something up real quick and of course I can't find it now. Um, uh, so I'm going to go over here to a different screen real quick. And I know you gave some averages, but I want to put some names to those averages. How's that? Exactly.
0: Uh, let's do this. Why might I quick. having those here? Actually, give me a sec too.
1: <laughs> oh no, that's okay. I'm going to take away my fun. That's a quarter. Oh, I, I've,
0: I've yeah. got the numbers. I, I, I've got. I don't have the names, but I have the numbers.
1: Calvin Ridley, 33.9 points. Julio Jones, 24.7. Russell Gage, 20.4. Demir Bird, 13.2. N- 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 keel Harry, fifth. You had almost t- 30 points combined with two New England receivers. That's in and of itself crazy. And then 26, basically, for Edelman. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, 20. 20- I'm sorry, that's 11. Let's see, who is this? Cedric Wilson, rather, 25 or 27 points. Um, Preston Williams, like Devontae, like Adam Thielen, almost 30 points. Yeah, it's going to be a huge day for the nuke.
0: Yeah. Yeah, again, number one receivers, every single one that's faced them has topped 80 receiving yards. Every single one that's faced them has topped eight receptions. And uh, multiple of the number one receivers have scored multiple touchdowns against them, so... Yeah, DeAndre, big, big game coming up here. I'm hoping he makes it through today healthy. I think he's going to have a big game tonight, too, going against Dallas. But, again, it's only going get, to get easier next week against Seattle.
1: Yep. So I had two people I'm staying away from that I couldn't figure out who. I put the one down, crossed them off, went to the other one, crossed them off. And I think if I gave the first name, most people would look at me like, there's no way I'm not, not playing him. Um, but he's got a tough-ass matchup, honestly. But I didn't settle on him as my stay-awake. I stayed away from a guy who really seems to fare much worse when he's on the road. So the first person I gave thought to has actually been a pay-up, I think, possibly for you in the past, or a value play. And that's DK Metcalf. Um, I'm not playing him, but he's not who I'm saying stay away from. I'm saying to stay away from Amari Cooper. We, of course, the game's going on right now. We record on Monday night, so the Dallas game is going on right now against Arizona. Don't know how he's playing at this point because I haven't looked. But it's a whole different beast when they go on the road to Washington. Washington's not a great team, but Cooper's just not great on the road, and the Washington football team is not that bad against the pass.
0: Yeah, you know, Washington's defense is definitely better against the pass than the run. And I think the big part of that is that they've got such a great pass rush that they can cause problems for yes. non-elite quarterbacks. Now, Andy Dalton's a decent, serviceable quarterback. He's obviously a veteran with a lot of experience. He's had success in the past, but he's not elite. And Dallas has some shortco- uh, some shortcomings currently on their offensive line, which could cause him to be even more affected by that dreadfully dauntful pass well, rush of the Washington football team.
1: And the other thing is we don't really know who he's going to warm up to, right? Cause we're, we haven't, we're watching this game. What happened last week when he took over, that's a different story, right? With no practice really. Exactly. We don't know who his favorite target's going to be at this point. It could be Dalton Schultz. It could be Michael Gallup. It could be the rookie CD lamb. Um, it could be Cooper for all we know, but we don't know that. And we know that Cooper hasn't performed as well away from the home park. So I'm saying stay away from Cooper. Who are you staying away from?
0: Well, I'm going to stay away from a guy we talked about a little bit earlier, and that's Michael Thomas versus Carolina. With six games in the books, Carolina has allowed only four wide receiver touchdowns all year and only 133 yards per game to the position, which means it's not just to your wide receiver one, to all of the wide receivers your opponent has. They're averaging 133 yards a game total. Most of this is because... You don't have to throw the ball against Carolina, just hand the ball off thirty times and you'll win the game. Now, throw on top of that the fact that Thomas may be a little bit rusty in his first game back and yep. I mean you never know he might punch someone in pregame and just get benched again. So you know what? if if DraftKings and FanDuel had given had given us a he just missed five week discount. Right. But there I'd is probably no. start him. There isn't none. He's the third highest priced player based on name only in this case.
1: Yep. He's an easy fade. I agree with it. Um, you know, there's a chance we may not get the over.
0: <laughs> this is going to, I think at tight end we're going to, uh, but this here uh, value play at wide receiver. I don't think we're going to match.
1: No, I actually have two guys and I'm going to say, I want to give the first one and he's truly who I want to say is my, my value plate, but he's so risky from an injury standpoint that it, if, it's, if he's inactive, then you have to pivot to the other guy. Um, okay. Which I guess I should have checked to see when time the games are to make sure that it works. But then again, the NFL likes to put like all of their games early anyway, right? <laughs> yes. So let's see. That one's an early game. and that, Okay, they're both early games, so it won't be a problem. So I really love, and this is going to be a play that's nowhere near chalk, and I think that he'll be underplayed if he's active, but I love Deontay Johnson this week.
0: With all the interesting, all the I, chase. I has been very, very bad against receivers.
1: Yep. And I think that if anybody's playing anybody, they're going to be playing chase Claypool or Juju. And I think that Deontay comes back and impacts Claypool a lot right off the bat. I do. Um, but I, there's a good chance that he's injured. Doesn't get much practice in this week and he doesn't play possibly. Right. So yes. the guy that I'm really going to say that I'm paying up for uh, as my value play, is a guy that I expect to go over 100 yards this week for the first time this year, and I'm not sure in how many weeks it'll be since he's done it before, but it's a while. A.J. Green.
0: (laughs) Well, I think the time would come for Green to do something. Last week, he actually had a decent line. If he gets it done this week, I think people will start to start thinking, well, maybe we should pick him back up. Because I know a lot of people actually caught him a couple weeks ago.
1: Yep. Um, a guy you might be looking at that I looked at, didn't write him down, but I actually looked at Marvin Jones Marvin Jones Jr. for a little bit.
0: You know, so there are three guys that I looked at. And I like all three of them, and I'm going to have a lot of exposure to all three of them. I'm going to give you the two that I didn't choose first. Labiscus Chenault Jr. against the Chargers, we talked a little earlier about how I like Gardner Minshew and I don't like the way the Chargers defense is playing right now. Yep. In that very same game, Keenan Allen was questionable when last we saw him in week five. Sounds like he's going to grid it out and play this game. But what we found was that the quarterback Herbert started to target Mike Williams a lot. And Mike Williams price tag, if you didn't see this before on draftkings is only $4,700. He's only 5900 on FanDuel right now, Yeah, mainly because he actually missed some time earlier this year with an injury. He's back, and he actually might be the new favorite receiver there. And he certainly has the skills to be a downfield uh, 50-50 catch contestant player where you've got a guy who can throw the ball deep downfield. He's going to be valuable down the season. Those are the two guys in the same game that I thought about, but I'm not choosing. Okay, And... I'm actually going to go with a guy in in a game that I I'm gonna be cheering against him because he's facing my Chiefs. Yep. And that's Tim Patrick. Patrick. Now getting Drew Locke back didn't change Tim Patrick's usage. He still led the team in targets, yardage, and receptions. This gives him three straight games. With 100 yards receiving and/or a score, Denver will be behind in this game. <laughs> There's no denying that. So the team will be forced to throw early and often to stay competitive. Patrick, uh, yes, I like Judy as a potential player. I don't like Hamler a, a for the future. I was a huge Cortland Sutton's fan in the off-season. I like Drew Locke. Actually, I'm going to be hating that to, to cheer against him uh, for the next few years, but. Right now, Tim Patrick is the show there in, in the wide receiver core for Denver, so he's going to have a decent game against Kansas City. I'm pretty sure.
1: Okay, no, I I won't. I can't combat any of those honestly. I think there are there's a lot of great lower price plays this week, um, but yeah, I mean, AJ Green's forty three hundred bucks, so I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of upside there. In a game where I think that Burrow is going to throw the ball a lot, and I think he's going to get back over three hundred yards, so we'll see. Um, let's do some work at tight end to go over.
0: Well, so if you had told me at the start of the season that my pay to play would be in pay to play consideration, I would be a little shocked. My pay to play is TJ Hawkinson at Atlanta. Atlanta currently has the triple crown working against them. Most receptions, most yards and most touchdowns allowed to the tight end position. Meanwhile, Hawkinson has either topped 50 yards and/or scored in every single game this year.
1: So, do you want the news?:
0: Did we just make seven?:
1: We made seven. Um, yeah. The first name I wrote down was Travis Kelsey.:
0: <coughs> Yes.
1: And of course, the second name I had was Hawkinson, and I looked at him, and I actually, it, it was they both have what I think are, are good, strong matchups. And I looked at it where I almost went Kelsey because you know what you get with him and he's a little more consistent, right? Yes. But I know it's a pay-up that we're doing here. But when I can get Hawk for $1,300 less and $2,000 less on on FanDuel, yeah, that put me over the top. So.
0: Yeah, I, I liked Kelsey a lot this week. I actually used him in Monday's showdown and Monday-only slates this week, and he had a huge game earlier today, two touchdowns. Uh, that was against a Buffalo team that has apparently forgotten how to cover tight ends. So I started looking to see who Buffalo was facing, and it's like, well, they're facing the Jets. So, yeah, short short of maybe considering Chris Herndon as a value play. He wasn't my value play choice, but uh, <laughs> if, you, if you really need a stretch value play this week, consider Chris Herndon.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that we're going to probably have one of our better matching weeks because I don't see how we don't match on who we're staying away from.
0: Well, I'm staying away from George Kittle at New England. Yeah, we got another one. The Patriots like to take away an opponent's best weapon. They did it a few weeks ago by putting their best cover corner on Darren Waller, held him completely shut out in the matchup against Oakland. Uh, this is actually going to be a stiff test, though, because Kittle is a beast. And much like Derrick Henry, you-, you hate to take a guy like Kittle out of your lineup. And if you're in a redraft league, you're not taking Kittle out of your lineup, right. unless you happen to have a Kelsey or a Hawkinson or a... Uh, Mark Andrews or someone dies your tight end too, then maybe you'd consider it. Right, but again, this is not going to be a great matchup for him. Only one tight end has topped forty-five yards against them all season. Only one tight end—it was a backup tight end at that that—scored against them. Uh, Sixty-five hundred? Nah, no, thank you.
1: All right, so the value play a little difficult because there was quite a few cheaper guys I liked. Um, you mentioned Chris Herndon. Um, I looked at Logan Thomas at $3,500, playing that porous Dallas defense. Um, I looked at Sample, who, of course, probably has scared everybody away.
0: A couple of goose eggs there, yeah.
1: But he's got a fantastic matchup. Mm -hmm. But that's not who I settled on. Um, I paid a little bit more, but still I think a a good value. Um, Give me Dalton Schultz this week at Washington we don't know what Andy Dalton really who he's leaning on yet but we do know that he used to lean on Tyler Eifert and I, I just at $3,900 I think he's a little safer than a $3,500 Logan Thomas or a $3,200 Drew Sample
0: well and of course I even considered Anthony Furkser in the game against uh, Pittsburgh again not a great matchup per se but we saw his usage with Janu out uh, but we are 3-for-3 three three at the tight end position. I also yes. went Dalton Schultz. Uh, Washington has allowed at least one tight end touchdown in three of their six games. They've also allowed more than 100 receiving yards to the position twice this year. Now, Dalton was quiet in Week 5, but he actually lit up the previous three games. Now, we haven't really looked at the stats yet for tonight's game, but I'm guessing he's at least being targeted. I don't think that Andy Dalton is going to completely ignore his namesake out there. Uh, 73% – it's one of those type of things where it's like you're looking at a guy like Dalton. He's playing most of the snaps now. They also have, I believe, Blake Bell as their tight end, too. He doesn't play a whole lot. He's more of their blocking back. Uh, Everyone expected that Blake Jarwin would be the guy there this year to develop. But then Jarwin, of course, got hurt early on in the season, leaving Schultz as the primary pass-catching tight end. And as long as he's not needed – help block more for Zeke, which certainly could be a factor. It's a good matchup to exploit here.
1: Yeah. So bookended, we we ran the table at quarterback, and we ran the table at tight end. Um, Got two running backs and one wide receiver. I believe that nine matches might be a record for us. That might be
0: a record, yeah. Well, like I said, going in, I thought that this was going to be a high week for matches because with the exception of the value plays, I felt pretty good about the – who Are going to be the people we'd want to pay up for and who we would want to get away from.
1: Yeah, I thought the first five at, at running back and quarterback were pretty easy, and that's why I decided to take the over. So, listen, like always, good week, um, good luck this week. Um, make sure that if you're not doing it already, that you follow Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley, you follow me at Steve Gallo NFL, and of course, if you have not done it yet. Reach into your wallet, show some daylight for your money, and subscribe to thehuddle.com. There are so many different things there that will help you to make decisions and help you make some money. It's not even funny. Um, And as we like to say, as always, get what's responsible. Cheers.